0: Are your kitchen and bathroom way overdue for a remodel? Well, I got the guy for you. Call John Sellers at First Response Contracting, 484-256-7136. Both residential and commercial services, and he's licensed and insured. Call him at 484-256-7136, First Response Contracting. From real estate to real life and everything in between, The Brad Wiseman Show. And now your host, Brad Wiseman. All right, we are back in the studio. Thanks so much for coming back to watch the show. We really appreciate that. I have a guy that I haven't seen in a very long time that is in the studio here with me. He, uh, does a lot of different things. He's a DJ. He's a voiceover. He's, uh, does weddings. He does uh, radio stuff. I mean, he's all over the place. And I've known him for probably, I'm going to say 30 years and he, I, he can tell me if I'm wrong or not, but we have Hamilton Newton in the studio here. I feel kind of intimidating when I'm on a microphone near you. I have no need to feel intimidated. Yeah. Because I mean, you're just, you are the microphone guy. One of them, one of them. You you really are. You know, I started really digging into your, what you're doing now. Mm -hmm. And I was blown away absolutely blown away i've known you for a really long time we've met each other i think through scotty man yes pretty sure back in the day shout out to scotty man yeah yeah. i think we all worked in the mall at one point you worked at orange julius yes yeah, exactly. i did work at orange julius yes. okay we got to cut that out of the show no just kidding <laughs> no but i did i worked at orange julius and then I also worked uh, with scotty at chess king yes. do you remember chess king i worked there too you did too yes. you folded sweaters yes i did <laughs> There was the most frustrating thing in the world was when somebody came in to try on a sweater and they just throw it on the floor or yeah. throw it on the counter and you yeah. had to go back and refold them, put yeah. them back in. Yeah. Oh my god, those are the days. It was man, yeah. Orange Juices was good too. It was. It was a good drink. So uh, thanks for coming in today, man. Thanks for having me. And I'm, I'm, I'm just
1: super, super proud of you, man. Oh, everything you. that, uh, thank you that you've accomplished over the years. You know, uh, you know, I drive by and I see you on the billboards. I'm like, man, that's my guy right there. Oh, that's you know funny. what I mean? It's, it's, it's just so beautiful to watch, man, and see how you. You have evolved over the years, man, so um you've inspired me in many ways, not even knowing so uh-huh. um,
0: and congratulations to you and all your success. thank you, man. I appreciate that Absolutely. gosh. I should be saying that back to you for sure because I'll tell you I know you've been through a lot of things in your life I have. And, and I've seen that, you know, whether, whether it was on social media or hearing it from Scotty or hearing from different people, you know, I want to get into your career and what you're doing now because you're doing a lot of cool stuff. But let's, let's go back a little bit and, yeah. and talk about how you got to where you are right now because you're, you're doing some amazing things. Let's talk about the challenges, you know, just to show people that, you know, when people see people that are successful, they always think that their life was always that, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? They always look and they go, okay, this was their life. How do they get, you know, they must have always been like this. They had a silver spoon in their mouth or they've been guided in the right way their whole life. Let's, let's talk about that. Where did you start? Well, so it all started with, uh,
1: you know, I was born in Reading, um, in the sixth ward, third and Walnut. I was raised by my grandmother. Um, I have, uh, three brothers from my mother and me and my brothers, we all have different fathers. Okay. Uh, My mother was, um, a heroin addict while she was carrying me. So my childhood trauma started while I was in the womb of my mother, according to my therapist, which we revealed, you know, through the therapy that I've taken over the years. And, um, you know, once I was here and born, um, and my brothers were born and I was old enough to just kind of figure out what was going on. Uh, my, Me and my brothers, we all have different fathers. Yeah. So with that being said, my brothers knew their dad. I never knew my dad. Oh, wow. So there was always this void inside of me, not knowing who I was, where I came from, or even why I was here. Yeah. And unbeknownst to me, um, later on, you know, I came to find out, you know, at the time, uh, my mother, you know, she was into drugs and, you know, living that life and all that stuff like that. And please understand, you know, what I share about my mother, I love mm-hmm. my mother to 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 life. Yeah, but it's part of my story, and I and I share it, and she would want me to share it. Yeah,
0: is she still around? She is not. Okay.
1: Um. So my mother was a heroin addict, and she was dating a woman at the time. And what happened was, her and this woman got into uh, a disagreement, if you will. So my mother ended up hooking up with this woman's brother. Oh, and that's my father. Oh wow! So that's uh, you know. I'm the product of a, of a, of a, of a scorned jump off, if you will. (laughs) You know, I can laugh about it now. Wow. It is what it is. And, uh, so I grew up, uh, I grew up angry, you know, with, I grew up with this, this young boy with mommy issues, Yeah, young man, angry at your mother.
0: Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, and, and my father, because he left, you know, So, yeah, that's how the early trauma started. And then as I grew older, my mother was in and out of jail and out of prison. She then got an apartment, 1492 Perky Avenue, to be exact. Why do I remember that address? Because those were some of the darkest times in my life. I was locked in an attic for days at a time with my brothers, watching Fat Albert, sometimes not eating, not bathing, not taking a bath, Wow. watching people sticking needles in their arms, watching two women sleeping together, two men sleeping together. I smoked my first drink. When I was eight years old, one of my mom's uh, former friends put a joint in my mouth, and that's when wow. I first tried Reefer, as they called yeah. it back in the day. Back in the day, yeah. So those were some of the darkest times of my life. And then uh, my mother had gotten locked up again. She went to Muncie State Correctional Institution, uh, the state prison. Yeah. And then my uh, grandmother then made the decision that uh, let me put these boys in Milton Hershey. So then we went to Milton Hershey School, which is the, supposed to be a really good school. Very good school. Yeah. It's a phenomenal school. Yeah. Went there from fifth grade to ninth grade. And during that time, I always was the guy that always wanted to stay busy because I did not want to face what was really going on inside of me. I did not want to look in the mirror. I did not. I always stayed busy. I got involved in everything. I ran track. I played football. I was I I tried out for the swim team and they say black people can't swim. (laughs) I I know, you, I, know you I was, was going to say that yeah, but it's better can, coming from you. I can I swim though.
0: I can swim. You can. That's really good. Oh, four strokes. Bro. Oh my goodness. That's such a farce. Yeah. You <laughs> tell them Hamilton, you tell you them. You tell them, man. you tell them. Good for you, man. So yes. So this is all to stay away from from looking in the mirror to to, to really looking at where you're from or how your what your life is, what's going on in your life. Yeah. 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 And and you know,
1: not having that relationship with my mother yeah. or father, not getting those visits, those I'm proud of you, those hugs. Yeah. You know, not showing up to football games and track meets and all that stuff like that. All the while, my brother's having relationships with their fathers. right, right. Okay? Not understanding why I look the way I look, why I walk the way I walk, why my head was bigger than my brother's head. Mm, Heads. That's You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Like, you know, and they would always pick on me, man. You got a big head. I'm like, well, yeah, I know that. (laughs) It is what it is. Yeah. Did you ever see your dad or meet your dad? I'm going to get to that. Yeah. So I leave Milton Hershey. All the while, while I'm in Milton Hershey, I started getting involved in hip hop culture. Lovely. There's different elements of hip-hop culture. There's emceeing, which is rapping, b-boying, yep. DJing, graffiti, and breakdancing. So I started wow. off as a breakdancer, Okay, which I think you yeah, know. I think I remember seeing you do that. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. And then I started to get into rapping and beatboxing, yep. and then I came home from Milton Hershey. I begged my grandmother to take me out of Milton Hershey because I said I had enough. I'm done. Yeah. I'm over it. Yeah, right. Take me out. I want to go to regular school and get back with some of my older friends. And plus... My mom was coming home from prison soon. Oh. So I wanted to be home and I wanted to get to know my mom. Sure. Get out of Milton Hershey. My mom comes home. She takes me to Philly to Fairmount Park. Jazzy Jeff is DJing. Oh, wow. And that's when my life changed.
0: Yeah, Jazzy Jeff. And I
1: felt like he was DJing for me. I said, that is what I want to do. Interesting. And my grandmother brought me. My- How old were you there? I was 15. So 15, you had the realization that you wanted to do what you're doing I right wanted, now. I, I, wanted I wanted a piece of it. So yep. my grandmother yep. took me to Radio Shack.
0: You remember Radio yeah, Shack? Yeah, Radio Shack. Yes. Fair You've right. got questions. We've got answers. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember You've got that? questions. We've got answers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's it. <laughs> she took me there, got me two belt-driven turntables, a stereo mixer. That's what it said on it. Stereo mixer. Unbelievable. No crossfader, all up and downs. I self taught myself how to DJ. I had four records. That's crazy. two copies of Run DMC, "Raising Hell," new editions, um, "A Little Bit of Love," mm-hmm. and LL Cool J's "Radio." Those wow. were the four records that I started with. That's crazy. And I taught myself how to DJ and I would listen. I would go to under 21 clubs like Showbiz Pizza. From oh Back my gosh,
0: day. yes. Showbiz, yes. You remember that? Is it over Fifth Street Highway? Is yeah. it over there? Yes. I showbiz used to break Pizza. Dance over there. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Those are the days. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, you know, a little Showbiz Pizza. Yeah.
1: I, I would watch the DJ. Where other people would, you know, try to get their dance on with the girls. I was going to watch and listen to the DJ and I would study. Right. There was no social media, Instagram, none of that.
0: Right. So I would show up and study the How DJ. How to do it. Yeah. I would listen to tapes. I would listen to radio shows. Tapes. By the way, if you're listening to this show and you're younger, a tape would have been a cassette tape, maybe. Correct. Yeah. Not a track We're not that old. Oh, well. I do remember a track Don't get me wrong. Okay, but the cassette tape was something we used to listen to music yeah, on, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you would listen to those things. You would did you make mixtapes? Of course. Yeah. And that's how it started. I started making
1: mixtapes. I started having house parties while my grandmother went to work because my grandmother oh. worked second shift at MedEd. very was convenient Yes. So I would get off of school and they'd be like, yo, we're going over to H's Crib. You know, <laughs> and we would go down the street. It was a bar called the Rendezvous. We'd holler at a old head. Give him, you know, $5, $10. He'd get us a couple 40s of old English, old 45. Run them 40s up to the... In a paper bag. In a paper bag, yes. In a paper bag, of course. Run them up to the attic, and I would spin records, and a couple guys would get on the mic, and girls would come over, and, you know, we'd we'd party and conduct business, so we thought. Yes. And, uh... (laughs) And, uh... You know, And everybody would be gone, crib would be clean. By the time my grandmom got off of work, we'd be in good bed for and it was good. You
0: transitioned over very quickly. Yeah, that's amazing.
1: That's, that's where the drinking oh, started. That's where it started. And that's when I started to realize people really like me when I have these headphones on and I'm oh, spinning these records. Yes. So it was at that moment I started to say, you know what? This is what I want to do. Like, I'm not happy unless I'm doing this. Yeah. And this, oh, because when I'm doing this, I do this better. Right. You thought so. So I thought. So you thought it's giving me an edge and my confidence is better. And I don't have to think about mom. I don't have to think about my father. I don't have to think about any of that stuff. Yes. You know,
0: so that just kept getting,
1: it started progressively getting worse. Mm. Okay. So my mother comes home from prison. I start getting to know my mother and she completely changed her life. She got saved. There was a a prison ministry that took the, the word of God into the prison called freedom gate. Yeah. And uh, my mother got saved in prison. She came home. She got a job. Wow. She became the member of a church. She sang in the choir. Wow. She was the woman that I prayed for and hoped for. I said, oh, my goodness, I finally have my mom. Yeah. And I'm just now getting to know my mom at the age of 15, 16. Wow. Okay. All the while, I'm still DJing, running track in high school, you know. Yeah. Getting along with the ladies. And then the bomb was dropped on me that my mother was HIV positive. Oh no. Because if you remember, I told you she was, she used heroin. Yes. So, bad needle. Back then, there was no, they they weren't, there was no help or medication. Yeah. For the hood, if you will. Yeah. You know, those who had the money in the upper echelon and the resources. Yeah. Magic Johnson. Yeah. Because Magic Johnson and my mom found out they had AIDS right around the same time. Wow. Isn't that something? Just putting that out there. Yeah. Isn't that something? Okay. So once that happened, once we found out, the virus progressed very quickly. Yeah. It's like I woke up one day and half of her was gone. Oh, boy. I was like, what happened? Yeah. She looked like a completely dead in a matter of 24 hours, not yeah. 24 hours after I found out. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, we were just kind of rocking with it or whatever. And then one day we woke up and was like, Oh wow. Yeah. It's getting real. And it just went really. Wow. Quickly. Yeah. And when my mother passed away, Brad, it was at that moment where I became very angry. Mm. I became, I went into a dark place and my belief of God and any higher power went out the window. Hmm. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Are you tired of looking at your car covered in road salt and winter grime? Are not quite getting the results you would like to see from the car wash? Well, I've got just the solution for you. The Detail Shop, your go-to destination for premium auto detailing. Yeah. I
1: looked up and I said, "Who are you? How dare you? My mother changed her life. Yeah, she gave her life to you, and you're going to take her from me. Yeah, amazing. And um, it hurt, man. Yeah, yeah. It 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 hurt, and and sometimes it still hurts. Yeah, you know. But um, it was at that moment I became angry. And I didn't care. And this is right around hmm. when I met you. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Yes. That's crazy. When I met you, I was around 17, 18 years old. Yeah, that's about right. Mm-hmm. And I became a dad at 17. I had my first child at 17. Okay. My daughter Jasmine was born and my mother was here. Oh, wow. When that? Ja- so, yeah, there's pictures with my, yeah, yeah. my oh, daughter cool. and ja- and my yeah. mom and my daughter looks exactly like my mom. When people see my daughter, they're yeah, like, yeah. she looks just like your mom. Wow. So that was when we met, when you were going through all that. Yes. Wow. Yeah. My mother had, my mother had passed away when I met, when I met Scotty man and I met you. Yeah. My mother was on her way out and yeah. Scotty remembers, Scotty, yeah. Scotty met my mother,
0: Scotty oh, wow. met my mother, Amazing. Scotty met
1: my grandmother. And that's when, so then, so did the drinking then start picking up more? Absolutely. Yeah. The drinking, the, the womanizing, um, it was all about me. I didn't want right. uh, nobody to know who I was. I didn't want nobody to know what I was really feeling. Mm-hmm. And as far as women were concerned, can, can it was all about what I can get from you, what I can it. take from you. And that
0: is it. Wow. I didn't care, even though I had a daughter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I not care. thinking that she's going to be a woman like that someday, you know, or whatever, be in that situation. Yeah. Didn't care. Yeah. So where, where was, when was rock bottom? Oh, well
1: was there was a couple times there were a few times the, the I don't want to say there were a few times because there's only there was only one rock bottom but leading up to that I've had DUIs mm-hmm. after DUI after DUI you'll see my mugshots on arrest.com if you Guys, want to pull that up and flash it? Feel free to do so. <laughs> no, we're not going to use that one. You sent better pictures than that, Okay, to me. <laughs> well, you know, I like to share the struggle because I, the people I need to agree. See the struggle, you know. I agree. Because they think that, you know, I, I just woke up one yeah. day and I became the successful voiceover artist yep. and DJ yep. without knowing the pain that they, I had to go through yeah. to get to where I'm at. But I had several DUIs. You know, I've, I've went to rehab, um, yeah. in Florida. I got a radio job in Tampa, Florida. I got a radio job in Charleston, South Carolina, and, um,
0: I attempted suicide. Oh my gosh. Um, so I all those things, now all those jobs that you talk about, the DJ jobs, yes. did you, did you move on from those because of alcohol or did you, did you lose those jobs because of alcohol because or because of, yeah. of, of yeah. abuse? Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: So the job in South Carolina uh, that station flipped formats, so that had nothing to do with me. Okay, um, And then I went to another station in the market. Somebody from Florida heard me, reached out to his frat brother at the other station, said, who's this H Vidal guy? Yeah. Connected connected the dots, yeah. called me up, said, hey, can you send me an air check, a.k.a. a demo? I sent him okay. the demo, drove down to Tampa after DJing a club in South Carolina till three o'clock in the morning, wow. drunk, oh, drove gosh. to Tampa for after the club, drunk, drove right to the station, Program director put me on the air that night. Oh, Told geez. me he was going to put me on the air the next day. But he was like, no, I'm going to put you on tonight. You down? Oh I could have put my diva hat on and said, well, I'm supposed to check into my hotel room and audition right, tomorrow. Right, right, right. you're like, oh, oh, sure, let's do it now. I said, let's go. Oh, boy. Let's go. So every radio station has what's known as a positioning statement. And mm-hmm. on the wall was the logo of the radio station and their positioning statement, which was 95.7 The Beat. Tampa Bay's number one station for hip-hop and R&B. Okay, cool. So Radio 101, you always say that positioner before you crack the mic. At some point when you crack the mic, that positioner has to be said. Right. So I stared at it. I stared at it. I stared at it. I memorized it. Got it. Went in the bathroom. Looked in the mirror. Tampa Bay's number one station for hip-hop and R&B. 95.7 to beat. It's your boy DJ H. Vidal. What up? It's 95.7 to beat. Tampa Bay's number one station for hip-hop and R&B. Jeez. So I would memorize it, memorize it. <laughs> yeah, So by the time right. I got on that mic, nailed it. I put callers on, had to learn the board, which I stumbled a few times. Yeah. I had an intern show me how to run Up the that board. board. Yep. Uh, which that same intern turned out to be one of the number one radio personalities in New York. I caught up with her a couple years ago on face on social media. Get out of here. And yeah, she's chilling with like Janet Jackson. I'm like, look at this. Oh, my gosh. So, so, th- all, so all of you guys out there right now, if you have an intern that's working with you, be yeah. nice to your intern because you Absolutely. never know. Be nice to the intern, the janitor, just be nice So everybody. true, so true. Um, so, yeah, I ended up getting that yeah. job. Cool. And then uh, I stayed there for about two years, moved my wife and my kids down there at the time, and um, was just running amok, man, Yeah, drinking, drinking. staying out all night, not coming home, going to strip clubs. There's strip clubs everywhere in Tampa. Yeah. Wow. And um, I ended up losing my job because the station got tired. I was a liability. I wasn't an asset. absolutely. So they fired me. A week later, my wife at the time said, listen, you got to make a decision. It's either the lifestyle or or your family. Yeah. And me being... The a-hole that I was, I was like, well, if it wasn't for this lifestyle, you wouldn't be driving that brand new truck and you wouldn't have this, yeah. this townhouse with the spiral staircase and blah, 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 blah. And the kids wouldn't be going to private school and just going on yeah. and on and on and on and on. And she was like, send me back to Reading because I didn't even want to leave. Send me back. Wow. So I packed her and my kids up, had a daughter. Just born at the time. She was three months. And you packed them up and sent them back to Ready. She wanted to go. Oh, wow. And I begged her. I said, just stay. I'll yeah. move out. I'll pay the rent. Just don't take my kids from me. This is how selfish I was. Brandon. Yeah. Wow. Just selfish and self-centered, man. Yeah. And So what was, changed all that? Like, how do you get to... You know, what, how did that change? So how it changed was... <laughs> Let me just say this. That was one of the worst days of my life. The look yeah. on my oldest son's face while they're driving away, while I was driving away, and I dropped him off at Tampa <sighs> International. The, like he was nine at the time. Oh my god! And I, I remember the look he gave me to this day. Wow, just just gut wrenching. Yeah, I could. That that'd be tough. I don't know if I could do that. And then I went home to an empty house. And then from there, um, I lost my job. I had no family. And then I got a phone call from Bubba Sparks. You remember Bubba Sparks? No. He has a song called Booty, 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 Rockin' Everywhere.
0: Booty, Booty, Oh, yeah, booty, yeah, booty, yeah, booty. yeah, yeah. I know that. Okay, so yeah. he
1: calls me, and he, you know, because in radio, you meet a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. He says, H. Fidel, I need a DJ. I heard you lost your job. You want to go on the road with me? Absolutely. Oh,
0: boy. This doesn't that. sound
1: good. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> on the road, so we so now I'm on tour with Bubba Sparks, and I'm collecting unemployment, and I'm DJing because I'm making more money than I was making at the radio station. Yeah, I am, I'm I'm coming home to an empty house. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, this is not a recipe that you want, right? You here. This can't is tell not good. Me nothing, right? Oh, and it was at that moment when I started touring with Bubba Sparks. That's when I tried cocaine for the first time. Oh. And that is when my life forever changed yeah. because I always said to myself, I will never do any hard drugs because I watched my mother do hard drugs. In my mind, hard drugs was anything in a powder form. Yep. Yep. That's hard drugs. Yep. Heroin. Absolutely. Crack. Yep. Cocaine. You know, I'll yep. drink, I'll smoke a little weed, might pop a pill here and there. Right. That's as far as it went. Yep. But I, but I always told myself if I ever did any hard drugs, I knew for a fact that, I was going to be jacked up. Yeah. And when I took that, when I took that first little bump, as they called it. Yep. That was it. It was just a natural progression. So I sat out my six month non-compete with the radio station. There was Mm -hmm. another radio station, Tampa Bay's party station. wild 94 one their competition, party station, party station. Mm -hmm. Just what you needed.
0: Oh gosh. A lot of bump in
1: there. Well, there was also a Mexican co-host named Paco and his, oh yeah, his cocaine was in abundance. Oh, I knew this going in. Oh geez! I got a phone call from the program director, Orlando Davis. Big shout out to Orlando, and he said, "H. Vidal, you want a job? Your non competes
0: up. Come on over." H. Vidal and the Nuthouse House was the name of the show. Oh my gosh!
1: <laughs> <laughs> that <it> is <laughs> funny.
0: That's funny. Just what you needed. Yes, yeah, you needed a Nut
1: House. Yes, more money, <laughs> less work, cocaine right there as I needed it. Oh my I, gosh! I, I met a new. I met a new girl. She was younger than me. Colombian, beautiful woman. You know, jeez, And uh, the cocaine use just got worse all the way to the point where I went to this club one night and I was with the woman at the time and she was pregnant and I got her pregnant. Okay. At this time, it was no secret that I was using this cocaine and I yeah. was just out of control. Wow. It was Father's Day weekend now. This is the third year that I hadn't seen my kids. So the guilt, the shame, third year, third year. So the guilt, the shame, the remorse, th- three Christmases, three birthdays, three father days. I haven't seen my kids wow. any of them. Okay.
0: Wow. Talk about you're selfish is right. Selfish and
1: just, just, just running from everything. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't want to deal with it. Yeah. Mind you, I'm still married too. Oh yeah. (laughs) That's, that's really, that's crazy. And I'm still married legally. Okay. Wow. And Scotty was talking to me around this time. Cause this is right around when Scotty was getting married and he invited me to his wedding and I didn't show up. And Scotty didn't, we didn't speak for the longest time because at that time I was, Heavily in my addiction. Oh,
0: yeah. You know, so was it cocaine more than alcohol or alcohol more than cocaine? Doesn't matter. But I mean, it was, was, or is it one of those things where you're drinking all night and then, and then you have, it uh, started as
1: alcohol more than cocaine. And then at the end, it was cocaine main course, alcohol, appetizer. Wow. Okay. So I went from 20 bag a week to a half ounce. Oh my gosh. Jeez. You're lucky you're alive. I almost died yeah. several times. So I went to this club. I DJed. I promised my lady at the time I'm not going to drink because it was Father's Day weekend and we had plans. We were going to go to the beach yep. with her family and you know our new baby that she was carrying. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to behave. Yeah, I'm not going to drink. I promise. What do you think happened? You drank. I drank. Not only did I drink, but I texted my guy, bring me one. He brought me one. He brought me two. I DJed, killed it. Left the club, went to the After Hours Club. Oh, no. Because there's lots of those in Tampa. Yep. It's called the Groovy Mule, this place. Oh, okay. It's
0: a good, it's a good name. Yes. Good name. Good yes. name. Sounds fun. Yes. <laughs>
1: it was groovy. <laughs> yeah. And I'm in there doing my thing. It's like 5.30 in the morning. Sun's starting to come up. Bouncer runs up. Hey, you're your, your woman's here. She runs up on me. House coat on, slippers, pregnant. Smacks me in the face. Takes my phone. And it was at that moment. I didn't want to live anymore. Oh, wow. It's like, man, I, I blew it. I blew it. I got in my van. I popped two Xanax after being on cocaine. Oh. If you know anything about cocaine and Xanax, Not it's good. lethal. Not a good combination. I didn't care. I wanted to die. Mm-hmm. I fell asleep at the wheel. I hit a telephone pole. Airbag came out. Cops came. And by the grace of God, I didn't get tested, breathalyzed. Oh, wow. I let me go. Holy. And I had drugs on me. Oh, my gosh. So I walked home. Yep. Threw all my stuff in a bag, had another cell phone at home. Called up a, a a young lady who I used to party with, if you will. She lived in Bradenton, which was across oh, the yeah. bridge. I know where Bradenton is. She came, picked me up, loaded up on some drugs. Oh my! And gosh. my job was to kill myself while I was with her. I didn't call the radio station. I just disappeared. Yeah. Nobody knew where I was. Wow! I wanted to die. My mom's gone. I never met my father. I haven't seen my kids in three years, and I just blew. Probably one of the best relationships at at the time that I thought in my life. And I'm probably not going to see my daughter. I'm a I'm a straight F up. Yeah. I just wanted to die. And then what happened was the young lady called my girl at the time and said, yo, you need to come get him. Right. Come get him. Like he's he's wiling out. She came and got me, knocked on the door, took me back to the house. She's like, yo, you got to get some help. Here's the phone number. Call this rehab. I called the rehab. They did an assessment over yeah. the phone. It was on a Friday, and it was like, "Well, when are you looking to go, when are you looking to come in?" I said, "I need to come now." It's like, "Ah, sadly, we don't do intakes on Fridays." Oh, geez, you got to be kidding me! I said, "So <laughs> what? What kind of a recovery place says that? What
0: is, isn't that the day you would need it?"
1: I begged them. They said, "Look, we know you're probably going to use." I said, "You're damn right, I'm going to use."
0: Oh my gosh! Is that crazy?
1: Is if, if you use, just make sure you don't do any opioids because you have to detox from that before you come in.
0: This place had rules, (laughs) rules before you even get in there. What the heck? That's crazy.
1: So obviously, you know, I did the cocaine and I did some opioids. I did the exact opposite and I went in, took my urine. It was like, you got to come back in three days until that's all out of your system. Came back in three days. I did 30 days at turning point in Tampa. And that's when everything, that's when the foundation of recovery Started, started for me. Yeah. That's when the spirituality came in. Yeah. That's when the forgiveness mm-hmm. for my mother and my father started happening because there were several spiritual awakening yeah. uh, stories that happened while I was in rehab Sure, that really brought it to light. And not only that, but I got to sit down with a therapist and just peel back that onion and just yeah unpack, unpack, yeah, 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 yeah. unpack, unpack. And I got to be around people. That were just like me. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. Misery likes company. Interesting. So <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm not unique. Like I'm not unique. I, I sat in rooms and listened to other men and women who came up just like I did. Yeah. Who had the same feelings and saw through the same lenses just like I did. Yeah. And,
0: uh, it was a game changer for me, you know, Now was that. So did you go back after that? Did you relapse? <laughs> So <laughs> for some reason uh, I'm thinking that you
1: did so y- yes I did so I, I, I finished the program I left there put on all kinds of weight because that's what happens when you go to rehab mm-hmm. and when I got out of rehab and I got back with the young lady I was with our daughter was born everything was cool but the radio stuff was gone it was off the table I had to get a regular job well because you can't be around those people anymore right couldn't DJ that was not good for my early recovery right so I had to be Hamilton. I can't be H. Vidal anymore. Right. I had to be Hamilton. The woman I was with didn't fall in love with Hamilton. She fell in love with H. Vidal. Yeah. Got it. So we went our separate ways. I bought a round-trip ticket to come home in 2009.
0: Got a Had a Thanksgiving Eve gig at the uh, Chill Lounge, which is now yeah, known as the- that's when I saw you. Yes. That's the last time I saw you. Yes. Because when you were there at Chill Lounge, you were outside. You had quit drinking and had been- through all that, I was sober. Yes, you were yes. sober at that time. I was sober. I yeah. was about, uh, I was about a year and a half yep. sober. We yep. had that conversation outside. Yes, yes,
1: that's the last time I saw you. Probably. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, a, so I brought a round trip ticket. Mm-hmm. Came home, saw everybody, reunited with my kids. Saw my daughter. Saw my ex. Well, she was still my wife at the time. Yeah. And then um, DJed, and then the the following day, my wife at the time was like, "Hey, you know, daughter has doctor's appointment." you want to come along with i said absolutely i would love to go so i went to her house in west Reading, went inside walked out of the house holding my daughter's hand up pulls a pennsylvania state constable Mm. pulls out his badge hamilton newton yes we've been looking for you oh boy oh no oh boy What, what do you mean you've been looking for me so before i moved to charleston south carolina i owned a record store next to the ugly oyster
0: Oh, okay. And yes, yes. And it was called
1: mm-hmm. H. Vidal's Beach Street Records and Tapes. So yeah. The records, the tapes, the CDs, the yep. incense, the oils. I was that guy. Okay. Yep. Okay. Couldn't tell me nothing, right? Because it was my store. This is, you know, I'm the only. I'm I'm doing my thing, right? Right. And I operated my DJ business out of there, so I had two vehicles, and I would always park them there. And I was getting parking tickets every single oh, day, no. every single day. And as cocky and as arrogant as I was, I thought I was Mister Untouchable. I would take them off and rip them in their face and throw them at them. Oh boy, I didn't care. They was come back, by the way. I didn't care. <laughs> oh man. So the constable pulls up. It's like uh, Judge Xavius wants to see you. we been I know Tom. You. I know Judge Xavier. I, I know I know Tom too. <clears throat> I know Tom yep. too, and uh, he'll never forget me. <laughs> yeah. Showed up. They pulled out box. Boom, boom. Oh my god. Just files, files, files. I, Brad, I swear, it was about four boxes of parking tickets, of Manila folders. Oh my god. Of parking tickets and warrants. Seven thousand dollars in parking tickets and oh. warrants. Judge Xavier said, all right, Mr. Newton, here's what's going to happen. He's like, uh, you know, we've been looking for you for a while. You know, I heard you've been doing your thing. You've been on the radio in Florida, South Carolina, even heard you were on television. It was toward like he, he knew everything. He said, you're going to give us $5,000 cash today or you're going to sit in jail. Oh, wow. Every single day until every single parking ticket is paid off. I've been in Reading ever since. Oh. <laughs>
0: Do you think they're going <laughs> to? That's pretty funny. I didn't see that coming, actually. But, I've been, but in, I've been you, here ever since. Do you think that um, the ticket that you have to go back is still good? Or is that that's done? <laughs> it's is that wrap. good? It's it's, done. That's done? It's done. Okay. It's a wrap. You know what's really interesting? At the time you were in that building, I owned the building that Xavius has. Wow. I owned that, yeah. It was a nine-unit building with Xavius on the first floor, and I owned it while you were there. That's crazy. Yeah, I sold it. Well, after that, but yeah, that's that's really... So you have not left Reading since? Haven't left since. Did you pay your parking
1: tickets? I sat in jail till they were t- they were paid did off. Did you really? I sure did. I sat in Berks County Prison for seven months. What
0: oh, year was that? How do you pay them when you're in prison?
1: 2009. It's $10 a day. Wow. $10 a day? $10 a day. Holy mackerel. Wow. That, that sucks. sucks. I sat in there for seven months. Yep. So parking tickets are for real. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, when they tell you not to. It's not a game. It's
0: not a game, man. It's not a game. Home, so, yeah. Man.
1: So, yeah. So then I got out, got out of there, came came home, tried to rekindle things with my wife at the time. That didn't work out. I ended up meeting somebody else, stayed with her for a couple years. That didn't work out. Started drinking again. Got another DUI while I was oh with this gosh. other young lady, you know, lived at the Y for about three months. <clears throat> went to court, did five days in jail, did the whole thing with that. And then after that relationship ended, actually right before that relationship started, because I'm getting ahead of myself, when I got out of prison from the parking tickets, I want to say four months after I got out of prison, I found my father. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I found him on Facebook. Wow. So I always knew my father's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always knew what he looked like. I had a picture
0: of oh, him. Oh, hey, wait. I knew who uh, Is it the...
1: Is it Bobby? No. Bobby's, what Bobby Newton was my grandfather. That's your grandfather. Everybody thinks he's my dad. No. Okay. That's that what your, I always thought. I always too. thought I it was, your dad. Thought was that's, your dad. I he was your dad. It's your grandfather. Bobby was my grandfather. Got it. So Bobby Newton and Shirley Newton had Bonnie Newton. Okay. Which was my mom. Okay. Got okay. it. Got okay? it. Okay. So yeah, he was my grandpa. He always called me son. Yeah. 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 Because you know, he wanted to look young for the ladies. Yeah. yeah. I, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> I get that.
0: So, So you meet your dad. What did you meet? You met him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So how'd you know, that go? It, it,
1: it went very well because at that time I had forgiven him. I had forgiven my mom. Gotcha. I had forgiven myself. So there was, there was forgiveness in my heart. Mm-hmm. And you know, my higher power, who I choose to call God, said, "Okay, you're ready now. Yeah, you're ready. Here's your dad. Wow." And to crazy. this day, we have a we have a phenomenal relationship. Wow. I have other brothers and sisters and. I have a wonderful wow. uh, stepmother that I get to call mom. And, you know, my dad lives in Atlanta now. And
0: Wow, you know, that's cool. Yeah. And, that's really cool. And, and, and I finally figured out where I got the
1: big ass head from.
0: From your dad. From my father. From your father. They're, it's all full circle right yes, there, isn't yes, it? Right. Now you can tell your brothers, shut up. It's, yeah, it's from my dad. Yeah, well, they yeah. met too, so they're like, ah. Oh, ah, there it, it is. is. There's the big head. It is. I, didn't really head big. It is. I didn't really notice your head was that big. It's big. Is it really? Yeah. You have a big cranium. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's all right.
1: Well, that genius has to fit somewhere. <laughs> good. To him, yeah. there, there you go, oh, yeah, Hugo. Great. hugos he's good for that stuff, I'll, I'll tell it. you. I love it. So after I met my dad, I got with this other female. That didn't work out after three years. If you remember, I told you I grew up. A young man with mommy issues, Mm -hmm. always looking for somebody to take care of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's when I met wife number two. Okay. Wife number two. I won't tell you what her name was, but you probably know her. I knew who it was. Okay, very good. Yes, yes, I knew who it was. (laughs) She's in the same field as you. Yes, yes. And that is when my life changed forever. Because I went into this situation knowing that, you know, this is not healthy. But I didn't care because yeah. I just thought about me and how this person could take care of me and what I could get out of it. Oh, there you are. Back again to that. Back again to that. Yeah. So after knowing her for about three months, we made this conscientious decision to get married on my birthday, April 12th of 2014. Okay. Leading up to that point and after that, constant arguments, constant fights, lots of drinking, accusing and mm. all kinds of stuff. And then in September, September twenty seventh of twenty fourteen, that, my brother, is when the rock bottom hit that was Hamilton. The, the rock rock bottom. That was the rock bottom. To preface it, her and I got into an Icantina situation, if you will. Yes. Um and I'm not gonna sit here and say who was right and who was wrong. Yeah. All I can talk about is the part that I played in it. Sure. And the part Take that, ownership. And the part that I played in it was I should have left, mm-hmm. and I should not have participated in any of it. Yeah, I should have left. Yep, but I didn't. Yep. And the cops came and arrested me. The next day, she went to the hospital, and they arrested me and said, um, "You know, you're being charged with uh, felony one, aggravated assault. Mm. I was facing up to twenty years. Oof. Okay, I've had DUI and you yeah. know parking tickets, you know yeah. whatever." But you talking felony 1, yeah. aggravated assault. This is something completely different. So oh, it was yeah. all over the internet, which I'm sure you've seen. It was it was it was it was horrible. And everybody that I th- everybody that was in my corner, yeah. turned their back on me. They were like, "We're done with you, bro." Oh, wow. We don't care what the story was. We don't care. All we know is is that you're in jail for this. Yeah. We're done. And for a while I was kicking and screaming and I'm like, but I didn't do anything, but I didn't do anything, but I didn't do anything. And then the message of Alcoholics Anonymous was brought into the, to the, to the prison. Just like the word of God message was brought into the prison when my mother was in prison.
0: Mm, Yeah. Okay.
1: And that's when it hit me. That's when it really hit me. That Hamilton is the problem. For the first time in my life, I was able to look myself in the mirror Mm -hmm. and say, You're the problem. Yeah, wow. You're the problem. You're the reason why you're here. So whatever you're going to do from this moment on, if you're going to change one thing, that one thing you got to change is everything. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. So I started freeing myself while I was in prison. I got myself a mentor, and I was going to all the AA meetings while I was in prison, and I just Mm -hmm. kept myself involved. And I was reading, and before you know it, it was time for court, and- I owned all my stuff. Mm. I said, listen, I have a problem. I have a problem. And I talked about my alcoholism and my drug use. And I talked about me. Mm -hmm. And I said, if, you know, I promise you that I will get the help that I need. Please give me another chance. I didn't try to fight it. Because initially when I went in there, I'm taking this to trial. I didn't. Nah. Yeah. No.
0: Yeah.
1: So they dropped it to the lesser charge, which is simple assault, misdemeanor. And from there I went to Camp Joy, which is right in Leesport, mm. owned by the YMCA. And I stayed at Camp Joy for about seven months. Wow. Seven months. And I didn't DJ. I didn't do any personal trainings at the time I was a personal trainer too. Mm-hmm. I had to find a regular job. Yeah. And nobody would hire me, Brad. No, of course. Nobody would hire me because I was overqualified. Because all I've ever done was
0: radio mm-hmm. and spin records. Yeah. And worked at Chess King. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? that should have been on a that's a good thing yes. the chess king on your resume i mean yeah. come on so so um my sponsor at the time told
1: me your job is your recovery right yeah. now your job is to stay clean and work on yourself so i got a sponsor i used the sponsor i worked the steps i got mentors i went to church i went to meetings i went to therapy I went to group therapy, one-on-one counseling. Yeah, I did everything they told me I was supposed to do because I made that promise to God. I said, I will do whatever it takes. Yeah. And I became obsessed with change Yeah, because I got sick and tired of feeling like, why? What's wrong with me? Yeah, I see all these other individuals. They're married. They're successful. They're great husbands. They're great fathers. They're productive members of society. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me is I had nobody to show me, yeah. And I had a spiritual malady inside of me that was taking over that I needed to arrest, yeah, and keep there. I couldn't get a job, so then I finally went to Auto Spa Why Missing. Oh yeah, because you know Irv Bressler was was that's, Irv. that's a good,
0: He's a good guy, good man. Irv yeah, and, a good man, and and, and his kids too. Yes,
1: mm-hmm. yes. So I used to play basketball. Yeah, Brad and Brandon played basketball yeah. with Brad. We were buddies. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That was like my, my go-to, like if I needed a job, I would just go there. And I just said, you know what? I'm just going to go. And I was 41 at the time, Brad. Wow. 725 an hour. It was February.
0: Oh my God. And
1: I'm washing cars at auto spot while I'm missing. Wow. I just wanted a job. I didn't care.
0: Okay. Well, it didn't matter at that point to me, your, your health and your sobriety and, and you know, not being in jail. <laughs> it's. I think. Mean, I think once you're in jail for that long, too, the 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 sense of freedom is is a payment enough. Yeah. I, I mean, I would think just being free would be enough for me at that point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and free of the of the alcohol and the drugs and the the all the addictions and things. It's. just I can't imagine that. But that's that's where you came from. That's where that's where that's what you know. Yeah. And I. I. I you know. I just. I just wanted to become, fully
1: self-supporting. Yeah. And just start being able to take care of myself. I didn't care what it, what that looked like all the while, while I was working on myself from the inside. Yeah. Okay. And then I got a phone call from uh, my pastor at the time. He said, Hey man, let's go, let's go meet for brunch. We went to the, the hitching post
0: uh, yeah, Oh mm-hmm. and we
1: met for brunch. Yeah. And he said, Hey man, are you still looking for a job? I said, yeah, I am actually. He said, you ever hear of the hope rescue mission? I said, yeah. And I was embarrassed because I've heard of it. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's right in my neighborhood that yeah, I grew it's up. Six, it's off Sixth Street or something. Like that. Yeah. Sixth and yeah. Greenwich. yeah But I never went in there. Never went in. Mm. Okay. It's a good he place. Said, he said, well, they're looking. He said, are you good with computers? I said, yeah. He said, well, they're looking for a truck dispatcher for their thrift store. Oh, cool. Here's the gentleman's number. Robert Turchie. Give him a call. Gave him a call. That's it. Told me to come in. For an interview, went there, took a bus there from Camp Joy into Leesport, walked down 6th Street in the snow. Mm-hmm. See, because when you want it, you want it. You'll oh, do whatever absolutely. it takes. Yeah. And leading up to that point, Brad, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I was like, I'm 41 years old. I can't DJ right now. I can't. I, like, what am I going to do? Like, where where's my life headed at this point? Yeah. All I've ever done was spin records and got behind the microphone. Yeah. I've never done anything else. Yeah. What am I going to do? Brad, I walked up those 19 steps and i opened the door and i saw all those brothers in there and i looked around and i said oh my god i got goosebumps yeah this this is where i'm supposed to be doing this is where i belong right i need to be here yep i need to be here sharing my story and my testimony helping them and me helping them is going to help me at the same time so i sat down with the directors and they showed me around and then they called me back and said, "Well, you're you're overqualified." I was like, "Oh, oh man!" So I went back back to Auto Spa, I Go. A week later, I get a call from the associate director at the time, Frank Grill. He says, "Hamilton, we've thought about it and we've got the perfect job for you. It doesn't pay much." I said, "I don't
0: care about the pay. Yeah, you just want to do it. I just want to do. I just want to do. Yeah, you want to feel." worthy of something.
1: You know? So they offered me the job as a front desk person. And what that person does was does the intakes of all the men that comes in, opens up chapel, shares a message, just yeah, doing exactly what I hoped I, I I would be able to do. And I was like, I'll take it. It was like, well, it's second shift. I know you have a family. I was like, well, not really, but I'll take it. You know, yeah. I'm trying to build that back. Yeah. All the while I'm still with her. Yeah. We're, we're, we're trying to work it out now. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Marriage oh, wow. counseling. Oh, yeah. I didn't still, know that. Oh, yeah. We tried to work it out. Okay. You know, and I was like, you know what? Maybe it Maybe it was me. Mm-hmm. Wow. That didn't last long. Yeah. Okay. That didn't last long, Um. which I'm not going right. to get into that. But yeah. I'm just glad it didn't. Yeah. And I'm just glad I was in sound mind and had enough sense, and I was just at a place in my recovery and had the right people around me that could get me away from that. So, yeah, I ended up getting that job. From there, I moved up the ranks. And I had an interest in becoming a certified recovery coach, cool. certified through the state of Pennsylvania. The Hope Rescue Mission said, we'll pay for it. Oh, great. I took all the classes. I took the tests. So do you still do that? I don't actively. Okay. But I can at any time because yeah, right, right. I'm still certified, still okay. active. So I started doing that. And then I went from an hourly position to a salaried position. I became a case manager and then went from case manager to director of case management of the Hope Rescue Mission. Awesome. And then I stayed there for about 3 years and then I made a lateral move to Easy Does It Incorporated. Yep. I worked there for about 2 years and then it was at that point God said, I think it's time for you to be a DJ again.
0: I think you're ready. <laughs> I think you're ready to do what you were put on this earth. Which which amazes me. So was that hard getting back into it? Uh yes. Like without the <clears throat> without this, without No. Mm-mm. No. no. Cuz
1: that was so distant. See, here's the thing. I've tried easier, softer, gentler ways. When I went to rehab for the first time, which was June 25th, 2008. That's Mm -hmm. the first time I went to rehab. Mm I was like, ah, well, maybe if I just sip a little something and I don't sniff, I'll be all right. Right. But eventually it would just open that door again. Yeah. Okay. I had to get to a place where I had to say under no circumstances, Hamilton, Vidal, Newton is not wired to drink. Right. Like a diabetic is not wired to eat. Sure. a 12 pack of donuts. Right, right. Okay? Because when I drink, my mind and my body responds in a negative way. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. Absolutely. And I and I had to be okay with that. So yeah. for the longest time I struggled with that, especially when my, when I met my father. Cuz when I met my father, I was sober. Mm. And I was like, "Wait a minute. I want to have a beer with my pop." Oh, wow. You know, mm. dad's oh. abundant. Yeah, you know, dad's a dad's an Eagles fan. I'm a Cowboys fan. Mm. Right? Sorry about yeah. that. Don't do it! Don't do it! Don't do it, Brad. So I want to I want to have a beer with my dad. Yeah, He's yeah. Like, Are you sure? You sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had that drink with him. We had a great time. Flew back to to Pennsylvania. Got my third DUI two weeks after. Oh that. my god! Yeah, you just can't do it.
0: Can't it's not do for it. me. So no, so when it.
1: I started DJing, so, again yeah. I was I was already sold out on the fact that I cannot drink and and was okay with
0: it. Is it? It's funny too. Do you find that doing the DJ thing now? And doing the voiceovers and all the things that you're doing now, which is really amazing. Um, and getting through all that, the fact that you're alive is, is amazing too. Do you, do you enjoy it differently than you did before? Oh my God. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, like before you had chemicals and you had you know, drinking and I drank, you know, but I, uh, but you know, is it different for you? It is. It's better. Yeah.
1: It's better. You know, cause I'm genuinely cause you're present. I'm present and I'm genuinely connecting with the people, especially when I do weddings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, which is my sweet. You get to watch them all get hammered.
0: Yes. (laughs) Making jerks out of themselves and stuff like that. Yeah. It's quite funny. And it doesn't bother
1: me. No. It doesn't bother me. But now here's what's crazy, Brad. I could be laying in bed watching TV by myself and all of a sudden say, I could drink a beer right now. Get out of here.
0: Yeah. Now that's weird. Yeah. To me, it is. Yeah. See, like, to me, it would be, I would think if I was going out with my friends drinking, that's when I would be like, oh man, I got to have a drink. And I'm, there could I'm, be, I'm there, jonesing. And there could be nothing wrong. Life could be good.
1: Just Life you, could, you just want to, I could see a beer commercial and be like, man, I could go for one of those right now. And yeah. the second I say that, I pick up the phone and call somebody. Do you really? Oh yeah. Sponsor. Say, Yo, listen, sponsor, whoever.
0: Yeah. Say, hey, I just want to let you know, this is what I said. Wow. Like, Even in your head. Absolutely. Wow. That's cool. Absolutely. That's very cool. Absolutely. Amazing. Amazing. So, you know, I I am just blown away. This is definitely the longest podcast we have ever done, and it's okay, because I think we can keep going, and, and I want to, there's some other things I want to go through. Let's do it. I want to say congrats for getting through all that, and, and for where you are today, and I hope your sobriety stays where it is. It I, ain't going nowhere. I, I hope. How many days is it? Yeah, do you know how many how days? How long? Days? Yeah. Years. How many yeah. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Hugo, you almost got your ass beat, I think. <laughs>
1: <laughs> First time ever on the show. <laughs> I haven't had a drink drug pillar fix since September 27th, 2014, so I just sell it. That
0: was so, that 27th day. That, that was that, yes. that night. Yes. That was the bad ah, night. Yes. I see
1: so September 27th of 2024 will be 10 years.
0: Wow. Okay. Good job, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Good job, good job. And you know what's amazing is now. And I am just going to have to go right to this. I want to I want to kind of segue to this. Now you you heard all that stuff um, about what he has done and I'm going to just quick quickly play um, a little bit of what he's doing now.
1: Bringing some friends. Still going bad on you anyway. 105.3 WDAS is bringing you Anita Baker.
0: Yes, that's him. Not that. That's Anita Baker. Anita Baker.
1: Hotel Casino, November 23rd in AC. Listen all week long for your chance to win
0: tickets. So that's what you're doing now, among other things. Yes. Which is pretty amazing that you've, you've gotten through all that. The voiceover thing is new, newer. Yes. Right? Yes. How long have you been doing that? So
1: I've been cutting commercials while the, the cool thing about radio is, is that when you're a radio personality. Yeah. You naturally have to voice commercials. Gotcha. So when you come in, there'll be scripts in your mailbox. Like, hey, I need this cut by such and such a day. Yep. And that's when it started for me. So I would start reading scripts and I would listen to other commercials on on their different inflections and deliveries and things of that nature. And I just started getting better at it and better at it, not thinking, eh, maybe I could do voiceover. I just yeah. figured, you know, I'm, I'm just a commercial voice guy and
0: yeah for the radio station for the
1: radio station and then people started hitting me up like hey can you cut this spot for me can you voice this commercial can you voice this commercial and then uh my wife candace bought me a microphone for christmas it was like well why don't you why don't you dive into this you know why don't you why don't you give it a shot so she brought me a Bought me a microphone, and I started cutting, you know, commercials. I got a PV board. This is long before the Roadcaster Oh, yeah, yeah. Got a little PV board and, you know, threw some phantom power on that bad boy and had the little, you know—
0: foamed up closet yeah, and no way and you know so that's how it started that's how it and started. now you're doing it you're doing it for a lot of different people you're doing it for like different stations i mean i saw all kinds of voiceover stuff that you're doing listen to it and you're very good at it thank you yeah and it's uh the the diverse like how diverse you can be with your voice and how you can sound like you know one person here one person there i mean you're just really good at it thank you and I, and I and I consider myself kind of a critic with that stuff, and you're really good at it, and I, and I appreciate you. Uh, so let's talk about some other things here. Let's go through. So you're back into DJing and all, all that stuff. The voiceovers, you had done beatboxing at one point, you had said, right? Yeah. Can you still do that? Let's hear it. Oh, you know.
1: go. <laughs> <laughs> let's you know, hear it. You know you, know you want to do it. You know everybody wants to do it. it. Um, it's been, been a while. Been a while. Come on.
0: Yeah. Let's just hear it. That's great. Ah, that was great. That yeah. was awesome. That was I had great. to get you to do that because I was like, when I saw that on there, I think, are you kidding me? Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, it's a minute. And also, I have one here that you did tour dates with Dave Chappelle. Yes, that's pretty cool. Yes, what's so, he like?
1: So a super cool guy, man. Super yeah, cool guy. So Dave Chappelle, when he first launched the Chappelle Show, this was back in two thousand and three. I was in Charleston, South Carolina, working at the radio station at the time, and the operations manager said to me. Hey, Dave Chappelle is in town, and he's looking for somebody to DJ and open up the show. He's doing a stand-up act at the, I forgot the name of the place in Charleston at the time. And he was like, you're the perfect guy for it. Amazing. And I didn't get paid for it. I didn't care. No, I wouldn't either. (laughs) But yeah, I DJed. For Dave Chappelle. That's unbelievable. This is when he was promoting the Chappelle show. And I went in the back and the big Chappelle show bus was in in the back and he came out on a skateboard with a with a blunt in his mouth and (laughs) you know, hung out for a little bit and you know, I smoked a little weed with him and and that that was it, man. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, that was an amazing experience.
0: Yeah, I bet. I bet. Where are you going now? Like what do you see as your future? I mean, you had that whole you know, interesting past and, and you made it through a lot of difficulty, a lot of challenges. Like, what do you see for your future? Like when you look ahead, what do you see? I just, I I see me leaving a legacy
1: for my family and my children and just being the best version of myself every single year, just continuing to evolve. I don't have an expiration date on anything or an end goal. What I do is I set goals and then whatever that goal is, I lock in on that process. And I become obsessed with that process Mm -hmm. and nine times out of 10 I'll I'll exceed that goal Mm. and then I'll set another one right very cool and then continue from there very cool
0: well I want to say I appreciate you coming on today definitely the longest show but I'll tell you what definitely worth being the longest show because uh that was just great I mean I'm just uh blown away from like what you've been through uh, you've been a friend for many years, even yes. though we don't see each other. But we 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 correspond on Facebook and different places. Oh, can you do one thing for me? Yes. Since you're a voiceover guy, and I didn't know this, can you do like something for the show for this show here? Yeah, sure. Let's, let's <clears throat> give it a shot. Go ahead. The Brad Wiseman Show, from real estate to real life and everything in between, and now your host, Brad Wiseman. Ha <laughs> ha. I love it. We might have to replace that. We might hire you now. I think I'm going to hire you to do that. Let's do it. Let's do that. Because then I can say it's somebody local. That'd be great. Somebody you know. I'm not so, local. Oh, you're not local, but you're somebody I know. All right, buddy. Great talking to you. Thanks for sharing. I know Thank that you, bro. it was tough at times, but thanks for sharing. Yeah. All right. That's it. Thanks for being here. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Watch us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, everywhere you can find us. We're there. 7 p.m. on Thursdays. All right. Thanks a lot.